Uh, hello, welcome to USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for joining in. To get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Also, keep an eye out for some contests and giveaways in the very near future. Those choosing few or winners will receive a prize pack from our sponsor, Myoderm, valued at about 100 bucks. I'm really excited about that. Some really good stuff. Uh, I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast, and introduce himself is my partner crime, John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Bill. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm John from Rugby Morning. I essentially curate some of the top rugby news from around the world and serve it up in a daily um, email pretty much every day, Monday morning through Saturday morning. I do take one day off or Sunday. All right, let's get right into our next guest because uh, uh, we just got to get it right in. we got lots more to talk about also. Great sevens conversations, now 15s. Uh, he's calling in from, well, uh, actually, we don't know where he's calling in from, which is one reason why we have him on tonight. Uh, please welcome USA Rugby men's head coach Gary Gold. Gary, thanks for joining us. Only a pleasure. Always good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on the show again. So uh, camp opened up this week for the domestic players. Let's go right into it. Talk about the camp. Where is it? You know, how many players are participating, et cetera? Uh, we're, in, we're in Colorado again. We're at Glendale, um, sunny Colorado. So... Uh, we got in, uh, management got in a couple of weeks ago, players got in over the weekend. Um, we are, we currently have 13 camp. We've got two more guys coming in over the weekend. So we're going to have 32 local guys in camp and it's, it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. We, we four days into it now. Um, you know, and I can't, uh, I can't tell you how hard the guys are working and, and, um, just, just, uh, what a breath of fresh air it is to be able to, to spend time together in a camp and, you know, just uh, work, on our, work on our game and work on our improvement. And uh, as I said to the guys at the beginning of the week, not always have this uh, sort of Damocles hanging over our head. And, and what I mean by that is in terms of not a sort of Damocles in any bad way, just in in the way that you, you, you're constantly always preparing for a game and you almost just feel like you want to take – stop and take a breath and just improve and 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 get to do a bit of repetition and work on things and um and that's what we're putting our time and energy into right now you know we just we're working on, on getting better we're working on getting our eyes on a lot more players and uh, there's a lot of the new guys who are in camp at the moment now who yeah so far have, have really impressed us so it's um it's been um, absolute. It's, it's brilliant. I, I can't say enough good things about it, and um, just uh, just be excited to to spend um, yeah a good couple of weeks together. Now you're in a in a unique situation where um, you know a lot of these domestic players are not playing in that uh, competitively like Major League Rugby. I mean, there are some who are playing in say the American Rugby Premiership um, and a couple other you know club side uh, uh, tournaments or, or or competitions, but. You know, is your approach to this camp any different than any other because of that reason? Because it's just the Mexican players. This is their chance to get minutes together before heading south. Um, no, it it it. it uh, um, if I understand your question correctly, I mean it's an opportunity for us to to uh, um, as I say, because we're not necessarily preparing for a game, and because our overseas players aren't aren't permitted to be here with us. It's an opportunity for us to actually work with on a day-to-day -day basis guys that 
you know, we've we've watched and admired um, who we think have done really well in the MLR, um, and and coinciding with um, with the trip that we we're going to take down south in a couple of weeks' time is is also the APC team who are going to be heading down to um, down to South America as well. So there's going to be a, a whole handful of players who are going to be going to that as well. So you know, during the the first couple of weeks of October, well, over the uh, it's it's quite complicated, but over the second and third weeks in in October, we're going to have nearly sixty guys in camp, either either in South Africa or in South America, which is which firstly is 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 just tremendous, and 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 secondly is going to give us a, a much bigger pool and a much more competitive environment for us to to watch and monitor players and playing against good teams. You know, we, we're going to be playing against Cheetahs and, and the Pumas in South Africa and the APC team are going to be playing against Chile and Argentina. So it doesn't get much harder than that, you know. So, um, but, but you know, this is this is what we've been wanting for years now. So we, we've created this opportunity and, it, and it's very exciting that we do have this. And off the back of, off the back of both of those competitions, you know, we're then going to select a, a squad that's going to go to Dubai for, for the November tests. Yeah, Gary. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that uh, competition in South Africa, which is pretty neat. There's this the Toyota Challenge match. There's a there's a prize money on the line. Are the are you guys eligible for that as well? Uh, we we are, but that'll just go. Uh-huh. We we are eligible for that. It's uh, two hundred and fifty thousand rand, which I think is about I think it's about twelve dollars. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just joking. Um, no, it's. Uh, um, yeah, it's 250,000 rand that's been put up by Toyota. Um, there's four teams that are going to be playing against the Cheetahs. Um, it's it's us. It's an Italian team, an emerging island, and um, I'm actually not sure who the fourth team is. And um, and we, we we you know the anybody who beats the Cheetahs wins 250,000 rand. But that's not really you know our motivation. I mean that doesn't yeah. really drive us. What drives us is the opportunity to you know go and play against a team who are renowned for the brand of rugby that they play. Um, you know, they're captained by Ruan Pinar at the moment. Um, depending on what happens with the Springbok selection team, you know, they're going to be guys like potentially Francois Stein might be available to play or a couple of others. But, you know, they're a very talented team and they're going to ask a lot of questions of us. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's the test. That's the test that we wanted. You know, I hear that Cheetahs might be calling up a uh, former scrum half, Peter De Haas, who I know is listening. He might raise his <laughs> hand and, and play. I hope he plays. <laughs> <laughs> But so, yeah, so we're, what, a month out from those matches in South Africa, you know, seven weeks till Dubai. I guess, tell us, are there certain things you're you're looking to try and, and, and accomplish over these next, say, two months? Oh, without a question of a doubt. I mean, I think I've already touched on it a little bit. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think it's just been so manic over the last 18 months of us having to assemble on a, on a Sunday and, and play a game on the weekend. Um, we, we, we almost haven't felt that we've had an opportunity to catch our breath, and now what we've done is a, you know, we've done quite a comprehensive review and of of where we are as a group and and how we want to play the game, and and um, yeah, I think we've been really hard on ourselves in terms of going back to basics. Um, again, I, I I I don't think this is pointing a finger at anybody specifically. I don't believe we were a team that was fit enough, so there's a big component of that uh, over the next four to six weeks is, is, is working on our game fitness and our test, ma- test match readiness fitness. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 um, 
I'm I'm very excited about that. But also, you know, our basics. You know, there there've been um, silly silly errors that that have crept into our game, and you know, things that we didn't necessarily have in our game a couple of years ago. And um, and 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 again, it's it's just because we've had that, a, a lack of time together. And you know, so there's there's a handful of headline. Um, areas within the game that we want to really improve on, and and um, none none more so than the competitiveness of the group, you know. And um, we've we've got some youngsters that have come into into camp here who have just been absolutely off the charts impressive, you know. So um, I, you know, it's 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 going to be a bit of a headache for us from a selection point of view, but you know, from from our point of view, we're going to be. Um, we're going to be testing the basic skills and, and putting the guys under as much under as much pressure as we possibly can, from from a training point of view to see how the um, you know to see how the guys respond because it is going to be a pressure situation by the time we come to November. But you know I'm pretty confident that we we're going to have spent a significant amount of time together by then, uh, and we'll be ready to be able to go into those three games. Uh, so Gary, let me back up for a second. Uh, you mentioned the APC. You now have to pull from a pretty large pool of players to field. Uh, teams APC and for South Africa are those overlapping at all? They are overlapping. That's a huge pool of players here in the states. That is a huge pool, but don't forget it also it also because of the APC it also will uh, um, uh, accommodate our academy the the academy uh, um, mm-hmm. group that are in San Diego at the moment. So there's a national academy that's been going on for well close on a month already now. So there were there were over thirty talent ID days that took place around the entire country and and even as far and wide as Hawaii. Um, from that, a pool of 30, 30 odd players were selected, um, who who are identified as as real prospects, and they've all been been in camp, uh, as I say, already for a month and probably another month and a half still to go in in San Diego. So they're all eligible and putting their hands up as well to be APC as well. So, um, so, so there's a large group there, and then there's obviously a, a, a big group of guys who are, who are playing um, playing MLR. And um, you know, one of the biggest criticisms that's been um, uh, um, put towards me is that you know, I, I you know, I haven't um, I haven't necessarily spread my net further and wider. And now we've got that opportunity to do, to do so, you know, and bring guys into a, high, a higher performance environment, and uh, albeit, you know, not necessarily the national team, but certainly the APC and and this 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 team that we're taking down, the you know, a uh, 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 USA men's um, invitational team from South Africa, is an opportunity for these guys to put their hand up against, as we already mentioned, some very good, some very good opposition. So, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to come through from there. Now, with that overlap, um, where will we see you? And if you're not um, at one match coaching the side, who will we see? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the team down to South Africa, and then Sean Pittman's taking the team down to to South America with Brendan right. Keane. Yeah. You know? So, again, I mean, we we've been quite mindful of that, and we really want to give the guys. Um, international coaching on that front as well. So obviously Sean's been with the national team for four or five years now as well. And, and and there's an overlap of systems and there's an overlap of, you know, you know, Sean will coach, uh, Sean and Brendan will coach all the, exactly the same aspects that, that, you know, we're looking to coach in, uh, at the national team. So, Anybody is selected, or when they're selected, and they're coming to, to camp, that um, everything's um, the same for both teams. 
great. As we as we talk a little bit about uh, repechage, and I think I said that right. It's always a funny word to say. So for the the final qualification tournament, uh, when uh, when can fans you know expect to see a, a roster named, and uh, can you uh, share any new names that might be popping up? Um. <laughs> No, I can't for the simple reason of, of that the roster will probably be selected from, well, will be selected, as I've just said, from uh, from the group of guys that are going to go down to South, South America and the group of guys that are going to go down to, to South Africa as well. So between those two groups, that's where the roster is going to be selected from. So, um, again, there's no predetermined ideas. I mean, uh, a, a, again, a, 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 lo- a large number of the group obviously are have staked a claim and are are reasonably well experienced individuals within the Eagles group and you know I'm quite sure you know in with no transparency a lot of those guys will end up going um, in November to to Dubai but um, you know we wanted to be fiercely competitive you know we 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 want guys to put their hands up and um, you know the competition that we're going to be facing in both in both of those competitions is is fierce I mean the APC guys. I, I I think if I'm I stand to be corrected, but I think pretty much Chile are going to play pretty much the team that that we uh, a month a couple of months ago, you know, because they're going to be preparing to go on tour for their November internationals, and they're going to want to get as much game time in before they go to to Rugby World Cup. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be fierce com- com- competition, and um, uh, you, we want the guys to to play their hearts out because we. Uh, we we want to really try and raise the standards, not only from a point of view of what we need to try and achieve in November, which is massive, um, but you know, hopefully, once we're successful with that, we then want to also use this time as a as a, as a very good stepping stone in terms of our preparation. Should we be successful to go to the World Cup? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, obviously, you know, Chile spent a lot of time together leading up to this past year's matches. Um, you know, looking ahead to the final qualification tournament. What's what? What have you been kind of scouting, or what have you seen out of Hong Kong, Kenya, and, and Portugal? Right, massive challenge, right, to have to scout three teams and pretty much you know over the course of a of a month there. But what uh, what are some of the early um, scouting look like for those those teams? Yeah, so we've got we've got games on all three of those guys. Um, again, in in the case of Portugal, you know, Lusitania also playing that in in the European Super Cup as well. So we get very much like we did with Seltenham with Chile. We get to see their, mm-hmm. the, you know, their, their their local team. They they are short a few players who are playing um, in the French Pro D2, but uh, we're quite familiar with who those play those players are. Sylvia and um, Marcos. The scrum half is very good. The hook is very good. Um, so you know we know that they they've got a handful of really talented, good young players and. Um, you know, we we acutely aware of that. Um, so, but we get enough footage. You know, there's an, a lot of game footage, and we, we we've been very lucky enough to be able to get that game footage. We've got game of Hong Kong playing t- playing Tonga quite recently as well, and then Kenya playing against Namibia in the, the African qualifying game. So, um, yeah, it's 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 quite a, quite a lot of hard work. But I mean, it's it's you know, it's what professional coaches do in in, in a week in week out situation. If you're coaching in France or in England or in New Zealand or in South Africa, there's no different there. You know, every week you're playing against a new team and you're having a look at uh, at footage of them. So the interesting fact at the moment for us, though, and I really have to make this clear, is is our focus point at this moment in time is 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 about the things we, we, we feel we've been losing rugby games as opposed to not going out and winning them. You know, it's been it's been our areas of 
of error that we've been errors we've been making that you know were avoidable errors that didn't necessarily have to take place you know and um and and that's really where our focus is at the moment now is on us on our improvement on our levels of improvement on how on on how we execute our game plan and do the things that we actually need to do to improve you know and then the the, the time the time will come the time will come when we start to put a lot of time and attention towards the opposition but right now our focus point is ourselves because you know this is a unique opportunity for us to spend time alone in camp and just working extraordinarily hard all day long on on our own processes at this stage you know gary looking at that dubai series those games are there i mean looking at regulation nine there shouldn't be any issue obviously but any concerns with you as far as some of the european based players not being able to make the trip no, not according to Regulation 9, there shouldn't be. Right. Um, whether French clubs decide to um, play games like they do play and start their nonsense again, like they have done in the past, <laughs> that's another story um, that I won't be able to answer until we select the player and the club refuse to let him go again. But um, those are the challenges we have as a Tier 2 nation, you know, um, unfortunately. But no, according to Reg 9, uh, our players are available and uh, as far as I know, the players that we've reached out to, that we've we we have to give prior notification to the club, which we have done already. We had to do that before the season started, and you know um, it's very important that those players are also on the same page um, with what we're doing at the moment now. So modern technology is quite wonderful at the moment in terms of how we're able to share our daily programs with those players. So you know that's that's all available up on our on our platform called Huddle, and the guys are able to look at that all all day long. But yeah, I know. Short answer to your question is all, all our European players should be available to us. Let's ask, let's go off away from USA Rugby for a second. Um, I, I'm obviously, you've been aware of the Worcester Warriors situation. Sadly, I have, yeah. Yeah, and did it improve at all? I think their deadline was, what, today for them to be able to play this weekend? I'm, I'm not sure about that, uh, yeah. Bill. Yeah, I'm not sure about the intricacies of it. It would be unfair of me to comment on it. I just know that they... You know, I mean, I thought that there, there was a potential ownership group that was coming in, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately not intimately involved in that at all. But I, I only know what I read, which is probably what you read as well. Well, Gary, if, uh, if we pass around a digital um, cap here and we raise some money to take over the funds of the club and we install you as the director of rugby, would you be game for that? <laughs> I think it's what Bill's driving at. <laughs> Um, I'm quite happy with my job at the moment. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm really <laughs> proud to be the USA coach. So, um, Good answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've, well, I've, I've got a, a little bit of a job, a uh, reasonably a important right job of qualifying for the World Cup at the moment. So, if it's okay, I'll pass on that job offer. Thank you very much. And I'll, <laughs> I'll rather stay where I'm very happy at the moment. <laughs> Gary, I've got to ask you. Um, it's certainly been the, the topic that was trending on Twitter this morning when I watched a little bit. But did you catch the ending of that Australia uh, New Zealand match? You know, guys, it was at three o'clock in the morning U.S. time, and I, I we, 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 were, we were up and and literally started preparing for training from seven o'clock this morning. I've seen it. I've heard what's gone on. I haven't seen. Uh, I, I beg your pardon. I've seen the reports, and um, I've read what happened, but I haven't seen the incident, um, and I haven't actually even have had an opportunity to watch the game yet because we're so full on busy at the moment here now. So. Um, I haven't seen it. Obviously, hugely controversial, but um, yeah, but I, I, absolutely irresponsible of me to even <laughs> offer a comment because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even sure. seen the incident. I no, I, I, was, I wasn't. I wasn't going to ask you to comment specifically on that, other than to say, 
if you weren't coaching, would you ever have considered becoming a referee? <laughs> Maybe a few years ago, I probably would have, but not anymore. No, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Just to reiterate again, I'm actually very happy in my job, so I, I don't want to go anywhere else. John, what are you trying to get rid of them? Hey, I got a new job for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never right. had this many job offers. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to Aaron. Aaron, good to see you again. Sorry, I stepped away for a bit. So if you guys have covered this, I'm sorry for asking you again. Gary, um, as we can see what's going on in the premiership, I, I guess my question for you is um, having, you know, been the director of rugby at Wooster when Cecil was still alive and owning the club, how, I guess, how painful is this um, period with the club for you right now as I mean, yeah. obviously gone, but you were still that you were still the DOR for a very long time. Yeah. Um, we, we did touch on it a little bit, Aaron, but your question is slightly different. I mean, I'm very happy you brought Cecil's name up because, because, you know, when, when, when you went, when, when I went to Worcester, I went with a very specific job. They were, they were facing relegation um, and I got a phone call to go and ask if, if, if we could help them avoid that relegation. And um, I, I got to meet Cecil, you know, and, and his, his amazing family. And um, it was very difficult, uh, you know, not to fall in love with the, the club. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite philosophical like that. You know, I've got special memories of every place I've ever been to. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the sport we're in and rugby. You know, you create such incredible memories. You make such good friends. And even if you have good times and, or bad times, and you probably have a bit of both wherever you go, you know, that depending on the type of person that you are, you, you come away with pretty much good feelings about everywhere. And I can say that about every place I've been to. You know, I've got tremendously good feelings about it. Worcester's no different. But in an individual like Cecil specifically, you know, who gave absolutely, literally, literally gave everything, you know, his personal success was just to see Worcester um, be in a good place. And, you know, when he sold it, he sold it with real good intentions to, to Dave Allen and, and, and you know, who, who, who was his friend and his mate and the club was even in those days in reasonably good shape. And, you know, to see it fall from grace and to read potential stories that by mid midday tomorrow, you know, the RFU might close their doors is, is just devastating. It's just absolutely devastating, you know. Life's tough enough as it is. And, you know, all of us in one way, shape or form are still having to get over the, the effects of COVID and business is tough and the recession from 2008. And, you know, you just you just want to see, you know, you just want to see the fans really, you know, getting their money's worth and, and watching their team. And, you know, there's a group of people who, who live in the Worcestershire area who, Love the club, and they've got an unbelievable support base, as as do every as do most clubs, obviously, and and organisations. And you know, to see that taken out of someone's daily life because of irresponsible business management and in, inevitably um, selfish agendas is is very upsetting, and very upsetting for the players, very upsetting for the coaching staff, very upsetting for a club that had an unbelievable you know, potential and then and none more so upsetting than for the for the fans of Worcester, who I feel the most sorry for. Nice. Thanks, Aaron, again. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Gary, we got you for one minute here. You and I, we, I've interviewed him in person when we had a really good conversation about South African uh, accents and monkey gland sauce and, and whatever else. But uh, John has a much better question for you. Go, John. <laughs> oh, Bill, you put me on the spot here. 
All right, Gary, help me out here. I I always trip up trying to pronounce South African names. In, per- in particular, the Houston Sabercats fullback. I think you know who I'm about to say. I'm going to try to attempt his name. I'd like you need to tell me how badly I butchered the poor guy's name, okay? <clears throat> okay. I got I got to clear my throat cuz I feel like I'm going to use my throat here in a second. Yari Labushkane. How how bad was that? Did I get it okay? What was his first name? <laughs> Spell it. G E R R I E. Gary Labuskagni. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. The Labuskagni. Labuskagni is an interesting one because the the it's it's from the heritage is it's either Dutch or French, and 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 now I'm showing my ignorance here. But some people pronounce it Labuschain. Ah. So so if you want to pronounce it Labuschain, you know. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember um, Patrick Lambie, the mm-hmm. rugby player, but his his grandfather was a Labuskagni, and and um, I think I think he is Labuskagni, but because he lived in Durban and they were predominantly English speaking, he would go by Labuschain. So, yeah. and Gary Gary is actually the Afrikaans version of my name, really. Gary is like a Gary, so Jerry, so or Jerry or Gary or or, or, or Gary, so so it's G E double R I E, but you need to roll your R's a little bit better than that. So it's, <laughs> and you need to you need to growl on your G's. So it's a Gary, <laughs> Gary Lubis, Gary Lubis and I think Peter Peter will tell me if I'm right or wrong. Pronunciation lesson of the night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gary Cole, thank you so much for joining us. You know, good luck in winning that $13 purse in South Africa. <laughs> uh, you know, enjoy camp and good luck this fall. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we're here picking up again season three. We'll be back again next week. We'll let you know who our guests are as soon as possible. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. <laughs>